Welcome to this month's BP Leadership Lesson. Pastor Bill Purvis has an incredible lesson to share with you today, so make sure that you have your ears tuned and your pens ready, and let's dive in and see what he has to say. We begin looking at leadership lessons today. There's one of the things that that really struck me that I thought, well, I need to share this just because I hear a lot of it. Um, You know, we're always told, go find a job that you love to do and do it, and it will not feel like work. And... uh, and that'll be fun and be great. And, and what a great plan. Don't you wish all of us could do that right after you got out of college or high school or whatever and you just found that job that that was your niche and that was it. Um, in reality, though, most people don't find the job they love to do uh, immediately. And they don't enjoy doing the job they're doing, maybe even thinking one day down the road they'll get the other. Uh, and, and for them, when we talk about loving your work, they just think, hey, it's just a job. You couldn't possibly love that. Now, I don't have all the answers about that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to provide for you, you know, the step, how to quit your job, how to find that job you love, because I don't know. Um, I'm going to provide for you some thoughts, though, that I think you ought to explore and you ought to think about, uh, particularly as you plan to either stay or plan to move on. Uh, and, I, and so I call this lesson, Take This Job and Love It. Just take this job and love it. And the questions that you want to ask yourself right off the bat is, uh, what do you think hinders or gets in the way of you doing your job? Uh, sometimes people are in a job that they really could do, but they just have too many limitations, too many boundaries, too many lids, no freedom, no resources, or whatever. And, and they really think, I would love the job, and I came to the job. But the problem is, is, is there are other hindrances. It may be other people's demands, or it may be not a clear-cut job assignment, or for whatever reason. But there are other things that hinder me from doing my job. And so that's a question that you want to ask and write out and think about so that it helps you. A couple of other questions you ought to ask is, uh, can you clearly define what your job is? I think one of the big problems we have is if we don't know exactly what our job is, then we're doing what we think is our job, but it may not be what the employer wants or it may not be what the company needed. So the, a real clear job description in your own mind will keep you on track a lot and let you know when it's time to celebrate or when it's time to step up. Uh, the other is, uh, do you know how to do your job? Some people are put into a job and they're just never trained and they don't know how to do it. So they don't like your job because they first got it. They were excited about it. They thought this is going to be a great environment, a great place. I'm going to learn a lot. And then we just put off and talk, okay, do your job. And we don't know what it is, but we're going to get on to you when you don't do it. But I want you to go over there and do that. And they don't know how to do their job. And I think that makes a lot of frustration for people that really want to perform, but they just don't have any guidance yet, and they're not ready to be on their own. Uh, The other question would be this. Do you know why you do your job? I mean, why is your job needed? If, If you can understand the why behind what you're doing, if you know this is why I do what I do, that motivates you to do it and do it better. But if you don't even know what value it adds to anybody, if you don't know why you're doing your job, if you don't think it matters, the problem is going to be that you're not going to have much heart into it, no skin in the game. And then another question I have is, what value do you bring to the organization? We need to ask ourselves now, in this role, if I die today, what's going to happen? You know, obviously, I hope I've trained somebody that can step up and keep it going, but what value does my role bring to the whole team? And if I can understand what my, my value is to the team, that helps me to feel more significance because if I don't, sometimes I watch other people get celebrated all the time and I'm in a work where I'm thinking I'm doing the best I can, but nobody notices. 
So ask yourself and find out what is the value that you bring to the organization. And you may need to ask a supervisor for the same thing. Now, those are some thoughts I have that are questions you ought to ask. Uh, here's some, here's some flat-out facts, though, as to why some people don't enjoy their job. One is some people are in the wrong job. M maybe, maybe you're a round, hole, uh, a round peg in a square hole. You are, you're a good person. You've got a good work ethic. But it's just not a match. What you're doing is something that you don't enjoy doing, that you don't have energy to do. It actually takes it out of you to do. And so you're just in the wrong job. I've known of people that were in particular jobs in other places, and they barely treaded water. I mean, they didn't do much at all. And then all of a sudden, one day, they took a job that may have been even out of their skill set or out of what anybody else thought would match for them, but they find a particular job, and they suddenly begin to blossom and soar. And you begin to wonder, well, what's the deal? What happened to them? You just put the right person in the right spot. That's what that's about. And so... Some people are good people, they're in the wrong job. And if you know that, then I would suggest that you start planning on where to go, but do the best you can where you are. The other is, some people can't stay focused. Some people, no matter what job they're in, they just can't do that job because their minds are everywhere else. Uh, the, the newest studies just came out that show that people who do one job are four times more effective than people that multitask. People that multitask get a lot of plates spinning, but they're doing a lot of other things, but they may never complete them or meet deadlines or have excellence, whereas someone who just does nothing but one job until they see it all the way through seem to be more productive in the bigger picture. And then another is some reason that some people can't uh, enjoy their work is they can't separate their social life from work. Now, I want to be real clear here. Work is called work for a reason. It's work. It's not meant to be fun. It's not designed to be, uh, you know, this is vacation. The reason we have vacation is to vacate from work. And, uh, and so the, you got to look at work like it's not always fun. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes it's, uh, it's not even my responsibility, but it's work, and I just have to work. That's I get paid for the work. Uh, some people can't separate the social life from it, though. They... They want to be in a job where they can just talk to everybody and organize with everybody and network with one another. And they just go to work like we're going to the school playground or something. And, and they never really go anyplace. And, and, and the problem is, is they may love the people around them. They don't want the people around them to go anyplace. They just want to get paid to fellowship. And, and those are the kind of people that in the long run do not work. And so you, you need to make sure that I want to have a job where I do my job. And by the way, some of the best employees that I've ever known were people that maybe you didn't, you never did a dinner with. You didn't take out and become friends. You didn't go to the movies and all that, but you showed up at work and you worked. And then you kept work separate from the social life. And so there's a, there's a way to evaluate, am I not enjoying my job because I'm not fully engaged or am I not enjoying my job because I am fully engaged and it's just not the job for me? So how do I take my job and love it? What, what do I do to say, this is my job, I'm going to do it and enjoy every moment of it? Well, number one, I'd say create your environment. You get to create your environment, not the physical environment, but the attitude of the others in your environment. And, and what I mean by that is uh, it's that attitude issue that really is the big deal. See, attitude is your choice. You may not have a choice in the work itself, but you do have a choice about the way you do your work. 
I've known people that had terrible jobs and had the greatest attitude. And I would think, man, what a great attitude. And how could they get through that job if they didn't have it? And so whenever you go to work, go to work with the right attitude. In fact, your attitude is really most, one of the most important things you have. But at work, what a better place to display it. <coughs> and so I say attitude is a choice. You get to choose that. Two is attitude is contagious. Uh, a bad attitude is the worst thing you can have in a work environment. If you're in a work environment and everybody around you has just got a bad, negative, pessimistic attitude, it doesn't take long to bring you down. It seems like that clock just never moves and will the day ever be finished. On the other hand, you can be in an environment where everybody's happy and the attitudes are great and you look up and say, I can't believe it's closing time. And so the secret is a good attitude is also contagious. And so the secret to having the job you love, the first step is attitude. And your attitude can be changed. You can, if you've got the worst attitude on the, on the employee or the staff chart, you can still change it the day you decide you want to change it. The first person you've got to change in any environment is always yourself. I like this quote. I, uh, I read it because I read it probably at least once a year, maybe not intentionally, but just always come across it. And every time I come across it, I stop. And though I may know it or have read it before, I always reread it just because I want to be reminded of it. Charles Swindoll wrote one of the best little uh, you know, paragraphs on attitude. Here's what he said. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It's more important than appearance or giftedness or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people act in certain ways. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that's our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. And I really believe that. I believe that all things being equal, if you'll get somebody with a great attitude, you can train for all the other things. If you have a bad attitude, no matter what else you have, <clears throat> you really don't have a great working environment. And so the first thing I say to make sure is create your environment, and that begins with attitude. The second thing I tell you, how to take my job and love it. Be obsessed with customer service. Uh, like Clint Eastwood said, make my day. If you're in business, you ought to be thinking, I'm going to make your day. I mean, today, when you call, when you have a need, when there's something I can respond to or a service I provide, I'm going to make sure that I make your day. I'm going to I'm going to put you over so well, give you such service, till you're going to never want to go back where you came. You're going to have to come here. And, and the key is good customer service will take your business further than anything else you've got. I know people with average products but great customer service, and the great customer service keeps the clientele coming. I know people with great products with bad customer service, and people if, only use them because they have to. They don't use them because they want to. And there's a big difference in that. So being obsessed with customer service means this. I am going to go after every client and every customer with nothing but the best I've got. And I'm going to unload the whole truck on them. I'm going to give them such service that they're going to remember for a long, long time this one experience. Um, I do that in a little way with, with people. In fact, I, 
uh, I'll, I'll, if I'm going in a room with people and I know I'm going in the room with them, I will write down in advance what they need. Like the other day, I was with two people that, that I knew one of them is going through a difficult time. And they just, they need validation. They're a great person, but they're going through a real difficult time. And so they just needed assurance to be okay. So when I knew I was meeting with both of them, I wrote the word validation. And then the other one I knew has just accomplished a whole lot, so I wrote the word celebration. And in my mind, what I was thinking is, we're going to have a conversation. When we leave, the one thing I want both of them to feel, I want this one to feel validated and that one to feel celebrated. And when they leave my presence, I want them to look back. If I passed away today and they showed up at the funeral, I want the one that's validated to say, you know, he made me feel good during a tough time. And I want the one that felt like that they just accomplished something to say he was there for me and celebrated my win. And so I think in advance, what do they need? Now, if you're in customer service, that's the way you approach it. When you see a client coming in the door, you need to stop and say, what do they need? And listen to what they're saying. And give them what they need and then some. And I say that because of this. Every job is a reflection of the person who did it. Now, that's not my quote. It's a quote I've heard years ago, but it's true. Every job you do is a reflection of that person. If they, if they valued excellence, it was excellent. If it was sloppy, if they're sloppy, it was sloppy. So your work is your greatest indication of what you value. Um, I heard an illustration years ago about a, a lady whose mother died, and at the same time she was at the house where the mother died, um, a UPS truck pulled up, and a guy got out, and he had two boxes. And she looked at it, and it was Zappos. And so she realized her mother, who had just died, had just ordered these shoes. So the, the girl goes in the house, and while she's looking around at other things to straighten out, she calls Zappos. And she says, listen, I know you didn't know this, but my mother just ordered a pair of shoes last week. They just came in, but she suddenly died. Uh, can I return these? And they said, absolutely. Uh, no question about it. You return them, put the return. And they said, now, give me your mother's name and account and all that. So she gave it to them. When she arrived at the funeral home two days later to view the body, the biggest spray of flowers was from Zappos. And then when she got home, they had delivered a food tray from Zappos. Now, get this. Here's a lady who didn't order for herself shoes from Zappos. She just did a return for her mother. But she went back to her company and told everybody there, guess what they did for me? And everybody in that company started buying their shoes from Zappos. Now, Zappos didn't set out to win all those clients. They just tried to take care of a customer who was now deceased. And as a result of that, they picked up a whole lot of other customers simply because they had first-class service. And that's what I'd say to you. Be obsessed with customer service. The third thing I'd say, the last thing I'd tell you to do is this. If I'm going to take my job and love it, I want to make sure that create the environment, have the right attitude. I want to give customer service. And the third is, I want to be thankful. Write down and recall all the reasons you're thankful for the job you have. Maybe the people you've met, the experiences you've had, the knowledge you've gained, what you've learned of your own self or the skills. Uh, but write down everything that you have learned at that job about yourself and about others. Think of everything positive you can possibly think of. And, and if you will start focusing on the positive, you'll be surprised how you will start to enjoy more of what you're doing. See, if you're focusing on the negative and all you notice is what's wrong and what's bad and how this is broken and blaming everybody else, 
You're gonna, you keep doing that and feeding that long enough, it'll make you more miserable by the day. It'll make you a bad employee, and, it'll, and it really makes the whole company bad, and it makes people that work around you not want to work around you either. On the other hand, if you can focus on the positive, you'll be amazed how many people around you will enjoy working with you, will also help you, how much you'll enjoy it, and how everything changes. So I want you to think of that. And then think about all the people that are in worse situations than you that can't get out of their job. I mean, they've got their other jobs that are far worse than your job. I, I oftentimes am in places where I see somebody and I say, I would hate to have that job. That job right there, I don't know what it would take. I don't know if there's enough money that would make me feel satisfied doing that kind of work. And, and, and I look at certain jobs and it makes me grateful that I don't have to do what some of them do. And so I want, to, I want you to understand that if you will look at your life with a spirit of gratitude, your opportunities will increase, you'll see more good, and there'll be more good that you'll be aware of. The more you start going that direction, the more you'll enjoy going that direction. So my goal for you today, my hope for you today is this. Look at the job you've got. Understand God knows you where you are. He put you there and allowed you to be there for a reason. So instead of looking everywhere else and thinking happiness is there, happiness is an inside job. Look on the inside and decide if I can control the environment, keep my attitude right, if I can treat the customer well, and if I can be grateful for this moment, this day, this check, my health, that I can do this, if I can do those things, I think it's a start to learning how to love what you do. And that'll sure make your life better, the lives around you better, and it will also be more beneficial for your health and everything else in the long run. So take this job and love it. That's my goal for you today. If you enjoy these monthly lessons and hear them from Pastor Bill, you need to read his book, Make a Break for It. This book is on his real-life, near-death experience. Not only will this book grip you, but it will motivate you to be the best you that you can possibly be. For information on his book, visit makeabreakforit.com today.